Being a climber isn't the same thing as being a competitive weightlifter or a marathon runner. So why would we train like it is? In this episode, we're taking a look at periodization or the way we intentionally manipulate our training to elicit specific adaptations. And spoiler alert, as climbers, the way we periodize our training should be designed to fit the demands of our sport, not molded to fit a pre-done template for another activity. If you're ready to learn how to set up your training like a climber and learn how to make your training schedule as non-monotonous as possible, you're going to love what we have to share with you today. So sit back and get ready to learn. You're listening to The Average Climber Podcast. All right, Caitlin, what is this fun fact? Well, no. <laughs> I have two options for you today. Oh, I came prepared because... a platter. Yes. A combo platter. <laughs> I want <A> both. <laughs> Just kidding. Save one. A charcuterie board of fun facts for your next outing. Uh, oh okay, my God. So... I want dinner. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> After this, we can all go chow down. It'll be great. But, okay, this is a very... Uh, nature-centered choice oh so, lovely would you like trees for springtime yes exactly <laughs> trees or rain pick your poison uh okay i'm gonna go with rain just because the song midnight rain has been stuck in my head <laughs> also everyone guess what caitlin got to go to the airs tour and i didn't and i'm bitter yep <laughs> go on <laughs> yeah it was um pretty incredible but i i won't I won't go into too many details because it was, yeah, Lauren's face is just sad. <laughs> the peak of bitter. Okay, but like, yes. real quick, Midnight's, I think Midnight's is the breakup album. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. I think I, it is. The more you listen, you're like, oh, we fucking saw this coming. Okay, anyways, tell me about Rain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> totally agree. Okay, so Rain, um, you might actually know this already because I feel like you know a lot of I'm going to say strange and interesting nature facts. So oh. let me ask you this. What do you, when it rains, what's something that you know and you observe afterwards? Like what? That it smells nice. Yes, exactly. Do you know what that's called? Um, Probably the, the inspiration for a lot of terrible bath and body work scents. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> am I wrong? Am no, I wrong? It, well, let me tell you. It's called Petrichor. Which what? Would be, I didn't, that sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Okay, go I on. Know. It's like you smell like rain. Petrichor. Petrichor. <laughs> or like that's like a bougie like commercial for like a friend. Petrichor. Petrichor. Okay, exactly. go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. This has a lot. This is a very like sexy thing that's going on. Okay, I go know. on. <laughs> so apparently that delightful smell that happens you know like we might consider it to be something like ozone after a uh like a thunderstorm but petrichor oh. is specific to rain and this was actually a term that was coined by australian scientists in the 1960s because oh. we didn't have a way to describe that earthy you know woody sort of dirt to smell quote, 
Squidward a smelly smell <laughs> that, that smells smell smelly. smelly. <laughs> uh, wait, wasn't that Mr. Krabs? Anyway. Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll circle back to that. that was it was Mr. Mr. Krabs. Krabs. Thanks, Josh. I was like, Josh, please, as our research assistant, Jor, go look that up. It was Mr. Krabs. My apologies. <laughs> uh, but it the reason that rain smells this way, so I, I dug probably too far into this because it's been raining here the last few days and I thought this was very intriguing and Ryan actually was like did you know that has a name and I was like um can you look this up please because I need to know I need fun facts so well that's nice to know the name of it but there's a reason it's there's I want to just say more about the smell and Mm. it's caused by uh, ozone, of course, but then uh, plant oils oh. and then something called geosmin, or I could be wrong, but it's bacteria found in soil and they secrete this compound. So when they get soggy. Yes. Soggy geosmin. So <laughs> yum. There you go. But anyway. My favorite indie band. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then Petrichor, your favorite, I don't know, metal My favorite Harry fragrance. Potter spell. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, I love that fact. This is awesome. That's a very so, spring appropriate fact. Thank you, Caitlin. You're welcome. I'm trying to trying to bring the nature and the that uh I, flavor so to speak so i love that well welcome everyone welcome listeners you're Sorry listening to the average climber <laughs> podcast where we give you really unnecessary facts to help you be more fun at parties so <laughs> exclusively more, exclusively it's just to make you seem like an interesting person that knows things um amazing okay so hi i'm lauren i am a certified personal trainer and climbing coach and i'm here with my lovely co-host caitlin i'm caitlin and i am a certified nutrition specialist and we're we're excited to dig in today and lauren what are we talking about okay so this is gonna sound really unsexy so when you hear what i'm about to say think in your head more fun less boring way to train for rock climbing but the real words i'm gonna tell you are three words the rock climbing equivalent of i love you everyone it's non-linear periodization wow you love it and you don't even know what it is yet but you're gonna love it yeah so sitting there going wow that's the least sexy thing i've ever heard buckle up you're right but also (laughs) ain't you worried because you thought training was boring it is if you don't do it like this so i mean it might still be boring sometimes but way less likely to be you know, mind numbing if you do it this way. So I'm excited to teach you about the wonders of nonlinear periodization today. Uh, okay. But before we get into that, Caitlin, would you like to share testimonial of the week? We really yes. keep like a sound effect that oh, for that's that a great every idea. week, like a thing. Testimonial of the week. We'll figure it out. We'll workshop that. Josh Perfect. is putting it in his notes. Amazing. Okay. okay. Anyways, so. This is an unnamed client of Lauren's. But oh, wait, this is this is from Heidi. I just forgot to oh, put Heidi's name. Heidi, from Heidi, you are <laughs> not unnamed. You are not an anon. Yes, okay. not mysterious. No so, mysteries here. It's Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heidi says, when I saw Crush It, I thought that this is my chance to try something new. It was obvious that by doing the same old, I was not progressing. After starting Crush It, I quickly started seeing changes. The biggest change so far is in my mental game. I'm trying harder and also harder routes and seeing that I can learn those hard moves. And I love it. 
The program forces me to work on both my strengths and weaknesses. And at the same time, I have been able to modify it to my needs and my schedule. Heck yeah. Love it. Oh, yay. I love that testimonial. That is from um, that is from my crush it one of my crush it self-guided programs um so shout out crush it and get psyched because as as i've been yammering on about those programs are coming out in an app version and i'm very excited about that so we'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end of this shebang but put that in the backs of your brains because it's coming and i'm psyched for it okay shall we get into the episode caitlin (laughs) We shall. Let's, Let's shall. go. Okay, sick. So one thing, one um, book, series of books I would love to shout out before we get into this is that the source material for this episode is largely from Logical Progressions 1 and Logical Progression, the sequel. It's not called that. Um, but these, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> these are some really amazing training manuals by Coach Steve Bechtel of Climbstrong. So we will link to those books in the show notes. They're awesome. Um, Steve Bechtel is def- Steve Bechtel's books are definitely where I learned of this concept. And now this is largely how I train my athletes. Um, so these are great books. Highly recommend giving these a read. They are dense, but if you do like to nerd out on training, you will enjoy them so i feel like a lot of climbers are nerdy so this might there's like a part hard line where some people are like i do not care just write the program and some people are like i love reading about workouts and then not doing them so (laughs) (laughs) you're not in between you're one or the other (laughs) yup exactly so cool well let's get into it and i think it would be helpful if you could kind of give us some definitions of a few things I know you're going to talk about today. So let's lay the foundation, please. Sweet. Okay. So a couple of, uh, yeah, so we're going to lay some like ground basics in general. It will, you'll probably know some of these things from previous episodes, but if this is somehow the first episode of ours, you're listening to welcome, we're going to lay, we're going to lay some groundwork here. So first thing, periodization is simply a, an exercise science term that means the way you structure a program in terms of what adaptations you're trying to get when periodization is how we're progressing things, how long we're doing certain things, all of that. So that's just kind of like a general blanket term for how you're organizing like a large scale program over weeks and months, right? So very basic. Also, I want to say too, there's like a lot of like really awful and pretentious exercise science terms that I could be using in this episode, like undulating, alternating, linear, li- 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 like well, we're not doing that. I'm giving you the simple <laughs> words um, because it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, undulating so. being used as a scientific term is kind of just funny. So. Right. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like, no, we are not doing this. So, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're keeping this. <coughs> the cough was not a joke cough. I just actually coughed. Um, we're keeping this digestible. <laughs> Um, so, okay. Um, also a quick reminder about adaptation persistence. So adaptation persistence is the idea that some adaptations take a long time to gain, but are also really hard to lose once you have them. That is strength. Strength is the most persistent adaptation. It will take you the longest to gain strength, but you will also keep it around if you take the time to, you know, strength is like 
your bank account. You got to invest time in it, but the money largely stays around if you've put it there Does and you it? didn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you aren't like investing in suspicious Bitcoin accounts, I guess. I don't, this isn't an investing podcast. Okay. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, we have, um, we have endurance, which is not that persistent of an adaptation. So this you can gain pretty quickly, but you also will lose it relatively quickly. And then in the middle of that spectrum is power. So that's like the very quick rundown of adaptation persistence. We're not going to go any further. Um, next thing we want to talk about. So in this discussion, I'm going to talk about four different types of training sessions. The exact what of the training sessions we are not going to discuss here because then that this would just be the longest episode ever. So we're looking like this is a big <laughs> picture episode. Um, and then uh, we're going to, you know, there's other episodes where we dig more specifically into all of these facets, right? Um, okay, so strength is both general physical strength. So this is going to look like your strength training lifting, resistance training, all that. Strength is also going to look like trying really, really hard boulders um, that require like strength oriented bouldering is going to look like holding a lot of body tension, maybe working on smaller holds. So strength can encompass all of that. Strength can also encompass hangboarding. Um, so then we also have power sessions. So power is going to look like moving, moving fast. It's going to look like, you know, doing lifting that is more about speed and less about how much weight you're moving power could look like work on the campus board and power is also going to look like trying really hard boulders where you have to move quickly and explosively um so and strength and power sessions can kind of overlap but you kind of get the picture here um for all of these you can be working it generally for just conditioning and then also specifically then we also have endurance endurance is going to look like um, we just did a big episode on endurance so if you don't know what's up with that go listen to we'll have two episodes out about endurance have, by the time this lot. is published <laughs> yeah we've talked about endurance a lot but endurance you know do trying to endure various intensities of exercise um and endurance work is for rock climbing probably going to look like you actually rock climbing um another session that you might have is more of a low intensity skills session where it's more about practicing skirts like skills on like easy to moderate terrain. So this will be a lower intensity session. I won't talk about that one too much. Um, it's a great session to incorporate if you can, if you have the time for it. I think it's very useful, but we won't dig into it too, dig into that too much here today. I just wanted to mention it. So those are kind of like the four-ish types of training sessions that we might be looking at. So when I say those things, like remember, remember this discussion. Um, Caitlin, any questions on that before I lay even more groundwork? <laughs> no, keep keep laying it. All right. All right. We got like half the I'm in the middle of figuring out um, being a homeowner and stuff. So everything will be a construction <laughs> thing today. Um, more groundwork. We've got like half the hardwood on the first floor laid. So we will be that Damn, isn't even really? probably ground. No, no. That's like a joke. That's an no. We don't <laughs> even like, have wait, the keys what? yet at the time this is being recorded. I mean, that's um, why I was confused. I, anyway, um, continue, no. please. And also, with I think your... groundwork in construction is probably something to do with like building a foundation. Yes, I would assume but that I don't, is correct. My dad, who is a civil engineer that does a lot of construction, would probably weep hearing this episode. <laughs> but anyways. I'm not a civil engineer and neither are you. So, yeah, you know. I don't <laughs> build houses. I don't know. You go from the bottom up, I guess. Okay. <laughs> anyways, you don't go from the top down. That'd be stupid. Um, all right. <laughs> Smart. Smart work. Okay. So now some more, some more basics we're going to talk about here. Um, actually, I think that is 
that's all the groundwork we need here. So let's get into actually no one more basic thing I want you to know. So for kind of the idea of periodization generally started and don't like overquote me on the history of this, but the idea of periodization I mean, it probably started as soon as anyone did a sport because at some point in time, someone was like, if I want to get better at something, I need to gradually make it harder over time, right? Like there's been Olympics forever. So that's generally the basis of periodization. But in a weight program for lifters, this is kind of like the quote, traditional periodization, um, this kind of model in a brief a slightly different version, but like this sort of model is taught to personal trainers when they get their certifications, all of that. But for a weightlifter, this is kind of what you're looking at. First, first step is you're going to build like strength endurance. So this is going to look like higher volume, lower intensity, doing a lot of reps that are maybe easy. Then the next phase of your weight training is going to be building max strength. So this will look like increasing the intensity and decreasing the volume. So you're going to be more approaching your like one rep max here and trying to kind of jack up your maximal strength. So the volume is going to go down, the intensity is going to go up. The last phase of kind of like an athletic or weightlifting type of program um, would be power. So that is getting, so that's going to look like moving, moving the weight as quickly as possible. And you're likely going to be working at generally lower intensities. Cause if you want to be making things go fast, you got to decrease the weight, right? So that's kind of a rundown of the, how that works. And so coaches took this idea and they started applying it to rock climbing. So Caitlin, what does this make you think of? Um, and just, this is an open question. This is not a trick question. I'm just curious <laughs> if this like makes you think of anything. I mean, it to me, these periodized concepts are related to my seasons but that might not be the direction you're going um Mm, okay (laughs) okay so not entirely but i like where your head's at so coaches started applying this idea to rock climbing right and so you might and i also there's a caveat to this but there are definitely programs out there that will have you do like all endurance for four to six weeks. And then you're going to do like all strength type works work for four to six weeks. And then you'll do like all power and maybe like power endurance for the last little bit. Um, And a program like this, and this is to say, if you are truly, truly, truly only doing endurance climbing and then only doing like strength work and strength oriented climbing, this would be kind of this traditional or standard periodization. Um, And some of you might be thinking, the Rock Climbers Training Manual. It's just like that. Um, Caitlin, have you ever read the Rock Climbers Training Manual? I've looked at different pieces of it over the years, but I don't think I've read it like cover to cover. Yeah, I picked what I needed. (laughs) Rock on. Yeah, I think I've read it cover to cover like twice. It's an awesome book. For you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This was like before I was even a coach. I just loved it. I should have known then. It's like in the middle of college. You should have. (laughs) I should have. But so people will say like, oh, the Rock Climbers Training Manual is traditionally periodized because yada yada. And I was just having a fun chat with Nate Drolet today, actually, about Nate Drolet over at the Power Company about periodization. We had a fun chat about how the Rock Climbers Training Manual isn't necessarily a periodized program because if you take a close look at it, you aren't like, you know, if you were, 
you look at it and you're like, mm, we're still doing like, for example, within within the like strength block, you're still like warming up with some endurance work and some literally like low end endurance type climbing. And then you're also doing like hard boulders, which are going to be a combination of strength and power. So it's not like truly with climbing. It's not just because of the nature of the sport. You just aren't going to create yourself this kind of like easy to do perfect traditional periodized kind of programming and that's fine because you know what being completely focused on only one facet of climbing or being like 90% focused on one facet of climbing for four to six weeks at a time sucks it's so boring (laughs) so So I just I I have a lot of thoughts here because I'm curious about your thoughts yes and I know with like traditional blocks like this like Mm -hmm. let me let me give you an example when I first started climbing I wasn't looking at my training in terms of like this is my endurance block this is my strength block this Mm -hmm. is my power block I was thinking of it more as like a you know I'm training for Waco season so I'm gonna train strength and maybe some power but then when I would switch to sport climbing season, I knew that my endurance was not what it could be. It was okay. I had a mm-hmm. lot of work capacity, but it wasn't quite the same. What are your thoughts on less of, I mean, we'll probably talk about this <laughs> later with seasonality. And I know I kind of alluded mm-hmm. to that, but what are your thoughts on an approach like that? Like, does that fit in this model at all? I love I love that you said that. That is a perfect segue into what we're about to talk about. So to your point, what you intuited there where you were like, well, I'm going to need strength and power. And then you were like, I'm really strong and powerful from bouldering season and that's going to hang around. But now I need some endurance, but I still want to be powerful. So I'm going to train both. (laughs) Amazing. That makes tons of sense. Because you know what? The problem with trying to train, like think about rock climbing and weightlifting. Like if you're, you know, and like the weightlifting programs I was kind of describing are generally in some ways like attuned for power lifters, right? Where there's like Mm, mm -hmm. a, you know, an event where you're going, you're going to know the event ahead of time. You're going to know like that you're, you know, you're like, I got these lifts and I want to execute this specific thing really well. And I want to be ready for the meet. Climbing is completely different. Climbing requires that we have strength, endurance, power and skills and it's not like we're preparing for like one day or one meet usually rock climbers especially ones that live like close to rock climbing climbers want to be able to perform like a lot of the year for like months at a time right like your training season and your performance season are probably equivalent or same (laughs) right exactly or like or you're like you know i've got three months of training and then like i want to try to be performing like you know right There's just these less sharp performance peaks that we're trying to work with. Totally. And that's the thing, too. It's with climbing, your training is also climbing. So it's hard to say, like, uh, it's you have your training cycle and then you have your climbing cycle. It's not like Like, that. It's a lot. (laughs) Totally. So kind of what the point I'm actually trying to make here is that I would not recommend trying to do traditional periodization with rock climbing like I don't really train like that. I don't necessarily train my athletes like that. I'm trying to think of anyone I've done that for and I am (laughs) blanking on it. And listen, y'all, like 
I have done things that are very close to traditional periodization before, and I like really don't like it. Like when I flipped to nonlinear periodization, um, which was what we're about to talk about, where you train like all three facets consistently, it is so much better and also just makes so much more sense for our sport because it just doesn't we we have a complex sport where we need all of it all at once. Um, not always all at once, but, you know, we generally need all of it all at once. And then maybe we're like tuning how much endurance we have. Right. But like, generally speaking, like we need to be kind of in some ways working all of these in some capacity consistently during a training cycle, because, you know, yeah. So let's talk about (laughs) before you go on, I want to ask you just for clarity, if we're kind of looking at the model of separate strength, power and endurance blocks mm-hmm. would you kind of have those combined into like their own what am I trying to ask instead of saying like these are separate things over 12 weeks you're saying yeah. that you have like some combination of all of these things in blocks throughout that 12-week period too yes okay, I feel got it. it perfect this is great Caitlin you keep just leading me exactly into where we need to go next (laughs) love it I can read your mind (laughs) amazing okay so at this point I have not like explicitly explained what non-linear programming is but as I've said before a couple of the benefits of non-linear programming um, and sort of why it makes so much sense for rock climbing is one it's less boring because essentially inside of a week in a non-linear program, you will. So let's say in a week is like whatever you could have a like actually right now I'm inside of like a weekly or like 10 ish day cycle. You will train strength, power and endurance and you will be you will have a different session every time you go to the gym um caitlin i've trained you this way so you might be like oh i've actually seen this before i've seen this many times and now it's like oh that's what we're doing (laughs) so it's like you are doing like probably three to four different sessions that you are doing weekly or close to weekly ish throughout your training cycle and um also everyone like you can definitely have a like cycle that is longer than a week for your training um we'll get into that later but i'm just gonna say weekly for ease of communication purposes but know that if the way your life works or the way things are working out it means more like 10 days for you than like it's fine um okay but yes so you're gonna be like so that's what this looks like right so over the course of so so for example this is what a you know, this is what a 12 week training cycle would look like if you are using nonlinear periodization. So your first block, let's say you have like two, two like mesocycles between these 12 weeks. So your first six weeks, you're going to do strength, power, endurance, strength, power, endurance. And then you'll end up with six strength sessions, six power sessions, six endurance sessions inside of those 12 weeks. So then your second 12 week block you're going to like crank that up. So you're going to be like, okay, now we're going to adjust this a little bit. We'll make it harder. We'll progress all of these sessions, like still similar structure, strength, power, endurance, but we'll probably make it either more specific to our goals, make it more challenging, excuse me, progress it in the way that it needs to go. So that's kind of like a basic non-linear program example sweet how we vibing with that vibing Makes sense vibing vibin'. okay so that is so and then that's a tangent but so 
that's that's for a level one trainee. So when we talk about this, we kind of have like two levels of trainees. Um, and this is sort of, this is how Steve Bechtel Climbstrong lays it out. So that's how I'm going to do it. So if you're a level one trainee, you can probably stay like a level one trainee for a pretty long time. When I say a long time, like there are people that keep responding to this that have been training for like five, six plus years, right? So kind of stick with this until you really feel like you need to switch it up or your goals change or the way that, you know, whatever. But you can kind of stick with that and have things be pretty not boring for a while. So the way to kind of like crank this up a notch. And when I when I think about like everyone imagine like a like a soundboard, <laughs> this will make Josh happy. So when it comes <laughs> to strength, power, endurance, um, you know, let's say it in a nonlinear program, you'll have like your strength, power, and endurance like tabs. And so you'll like put the strength, power, and endurance like equally for up on the little sound mix board, right? If you're doing just a pure strength, power, endurance, nonlinear cycle, like I just described. Now we're going to talk about a block type of periodization. So is everyone envisioning their little like sound dials? So we've got got all of them up, up on the same level. So now if you're going to do block periodization, you're going to pick like two, maybe one to two of those to really focus on. And the third, the other one or two are going to go on the back burner. So let's say you're going to have like a really strength and power focused block. So you'll turn up strength and power more and then endurance will still be there, but it's going to be lower than the strength and power type work. So you, that might look like doing more strength and power sessions versus endurance sessions. It might look like your hours a week on the strength and power are more than the endurance overall. That's kind of like generally what mm, that means. So then for that six week period, you're like strength and power of the focus, endurance is back burner. And then maybe you flip your priorities in the second week, second six week period. And you're like, okay, now I'm getting closer to my objective. So I'm going to make it power and endurance are the main focuses and strengths kind of going to drop off. These are also all just general examples. There's a lot of ways to slice this. So I'm talking through the general things right now. Caitlin, <laughs> does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I think that this is a, a really interesting thing to see, to see laid out because I feel like I've been doing this strategy for a yes. long time. And you it's... like intuited it. I programmed it for you. But now you're yeah. like, I'm like pulling back the curtain and you're like, oh, I just see the little guy. That's the Wizard of Oz. Literally. And <laughs> now it's like, oh, OK. But the, that's the thing. It still works. Like it's still working very well mm -hmm. for me. And yeah. I feel like because of how I train and I... I like to go through different cycles and phases of my climbing throughout the year. Mm -hmm. I feel like this will continue to serve me really well. hundred percent. So. And this is so reasons that I love this. Um, so obviously like less boring, it's easier to get people to stick to programs that they aren't doing the literal same exact thing every time they go to the gym. Cause that just is boring and it's hard to stick That's to bro culture. <laughs> so we don't yeah. need that. Yeah. Or just like awful. Like, I don't know. <laughs> awful like, culture? I mean, can, yes, can will your strength, power and endurance sessions each be like largely the same strength, power and endurance sessions every week. Sure. But does it mean you're doing the exact same session like multiple times in a row? No. <laughs> so that's good. Um, I, I will say that for me, when I first started working out and training, and then especially for climbing, it, I think that having the same things every week gave me a lot of 
peace and ease yeah. in that simplicity. But then so there's side. <laughs> right. Like at a certain point, I felt like I needed something else to kind of like push me in the next direction. Mm-hmm. But I felt like yeah, that that was a good good place to be initially. But then I think like you're saying, the next step would be to kind of amp it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing I want to say, and I kind of mentioned this before, but with, you know, nonlinear periodization, you do not have as strong of a performance peak, which is a good thing. Um, if you are planning on having a longer climbing season, if you're the kind of person that's like, I get one, two week climbing trip outside a year, I need to go send the NAR. It might be smarter to have more of that like standard periodization approach just so that you can have a sharper performance peak. But for a lot of people planning to have like this sharp performance peak where it's like, you better get it done in two weeks or about you're about to fall off like the performance cliff. Like that's kind of stressful. And also for a lot of us, climbing season is like months long um, or we just want to be, you know, in performance mode for like at least four to six weeks right so i think it's nice to have i have a question yeah (laughs) go for it (laughs) i'm i just think back to my days at waco because this is largely where i saw a lot of my my training give me like a very direct result like i did abc and i got like d the whole time Mm -hmm. um but i felt like that was a really tried and true methodology. Mm -hmm. But I always thought of it as, okay, I'm going to do the periodized approach and I'm going to try and peak by November when it was like peak Mm -hmm. send temps. Do you feel like maybe it's like a missed terminology or misunderstanding of what that is? Or maybe maybe it was like a combination of periodization classically but non-linear programming too yeah and i mean like you can have a like performance peak after a training block like yeah obviously we won't just like do non-linear periodization for one time not train at all and then just stay really good forever right so it's kind of like <laughs> if like, only it's, like honestly as we have this discussion like the reason i like that little like you know, soundboard analogy is that like this is all a lot more of a spectrum than it is these like discrete things i see but, like okay. that being said the other thing i want to note here too is that the one thing that i maybe do especially for my sport climbers and especially for people going on trips if you like really like the one thing i do that's like more quote like traditional periodized kind of thing is like really blast power endurance like right before someone's trying to go into climbing season mm, um especially mm-hmm. if it's like for a trip like if it's like i really just need to be in really good shape for a two-week trip then we might like flip things and be like okay we're gonna like really get into power endurance here um so you might have done that a little bit too but like yeah it totally makes it but if you're like i want to be really doing well by no but for the whole month of november is like I would say a relatively long uh, performance period. Well, so I would say like it wasn't just November. It was usually like November right. through February. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, I want to be peaking by for three. I want to be peaking for three months. Like that <laughs> well, is normally I peaked like, okay, it was around Thanksgiving. It would go down around Christmas and then I'd peak again beginning of February. So that was kind of like because you would just rest during Christmas by like hanging out with family and not going rock climbing. Yeah, that big facts. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a really good question. But yeah, that's kind of like, that's a really good way to look at how that works. Um, And then I guess the last thing I'll say about the benefits of nonlinear periodization is that like, if you do live somewhere that is like, you have a lot of rock climbing, you can do relatively year round, it's a lot easier to kind of like, you know, 
be climbing a lot outside and still like keeping up with some kind of training, even if it isn't like, like it's a lot easier to like go in and out of and like gradually phase into performance and phase out of training with an approach like this. Whereas more traditional periodization programs can be like a lot less flexible in terms of scheduling. Um, and I'll leave okay. it at that because we will get to the flexible scheduling beauty of nonlinear programming after the break. You know what movie scenes really spoke to me growing up? The makeover montages. Like Lizzie McGuire going on a shopping spree with her pop star icon twin. Or Caddy Heron's good girl gone bad transformation in Mean Girls. Or, better yet, Anne Hathaway's iconic bangs in The Devil Wears Prada. I actually tried out those bangs in 8th grade. Turns out they don't look so hot when you have a massive cowlick in the middle of your forehead. Anyways, the fact is that I love a good makeover. I like seeing how a few simple tweaks can lead to a stunning before and after. And though I'm no Hollywood fashion guru, I've started a little makeover game of my own. With training plans, of course. Every week, I take an audience member's training plan and offer the adjustments needed to take it from alright to excellent. Inside of the weekly training plan makeover, I take you step-by-step through the how and why behind my recommendations that you can watch in a short, actionable video. The catch. This is only available to those on my email list. So if you want to get the weekly training plan makeover delivered straight to your inbox, or maybe even get a training plan makeover of your own, then make sure to get signed up for the weekly training plan makeover at the link in our show notes. Okay, Caitlin, this is kind of great because I really like going into this episode, I thought you would just be like, yeah, yeah, nonlinear programming, obviously next. But this is like, <laughs> like I'm enlightening you on what you've been doing, which has been enlightened. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because I feel like in my mind, I've been doing <laughs> maybe more periodized training, but of course I can see the difference with what I used to do. Mm-hmm. And then what you had me do mm-hmm. when like we were going through specific blocks, like it, it was very clearly a combination of different things. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm being educated. <laughs> Look at that. So. Yeah. Now you know why, like when, yeah, when people are like, I'm just in a strength phase and I'm like, does that just mean you're only doing like three move boulders, hangboarding and lifting? And I'm like, you're not. Or if you are, why? Well, okay, not why, but like, (laughs) yeah. But like how? And and that's the thing too. Like, I feel like it makes so much sense hearing you talk about it because in my mind, if I was only trying to train strength, I wouldn't just be doing like bicep curls and pull-ups all day. Like, there's so much more than that so maybe that's a bad example but like strength is a lot of different body parts and yeah (laughs) when I see people go through the most is they'll be like I'm only in an endurance phase right now so I can only like basically be like leading or top roping a thousand laps on things that are really easy for me and I'm like what This isn't a good way to go about this. But I'm always like, all right, you have fun being bored and doing training that maybe doesn't totally make sense for the way our sport works. But uh, also caveat, it's very, depending on what your goals are, that could totally make sense. So just, you know, if you're like, I'm training to do a bazillion pitches of 
moderate climbing, then okay, training by doing a bazillion pitches of moderate sure. climbing totally makes sense. But for single there, pitch sport and bouldering <laughs> or whatever, like, yeah, not always, not always the way to go. But I figure people, people might have some questions. So um, I wanted to do a few FAQs uh, because I'm Love sure, it. sure people these are all my FAQs. So, yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> I'm also like, these are the things that come up when this gets talked about. So might as well break it down. Love it. Yeah, I feel like these are all really uh, great. Just just looking at your notes here, I feel like these are all really great questions that I already have. So um, great. Continue. Perfect. <laughs> all right. All right. Do you want to ask me the first question? I was <laughs> Uh, this is something that I need to know. So, uh, does this work for bouldering and sport climbing? Of course, (laughs) naturally. Um, okay. Yes, totally. The one note I will make is that obviously the endurance work that you're doing, and then again, Mm. holler back at our endurance episode, the endurance work that you're doing will just depend. Um, and will definitely vary depending on you know, if you're bouldering, if you're sport climbing, what your boulder goals look like, what your sport climbing goals look like, all of that. Totally. Something to keep in mind. Um, Yeah. Matching it to your needs. Yeah. Matching it to your needs. Exactly. So like, yes, this totally works. Yes. Boulders need to work endurance, but what they're doing will look likely different from what a sport climber is doing, especially at the beginning of a training cycle. It might look very close, but then as you get to your more specific goals, that's where what a sport climber is doing on a nonlinear program and what a boulder is doing on a nonlinear program. That's where that's going to like diverge the most Mm, where the endurance needs really change, you know, separate out. That's where you're going to see the most like nuance and distinction there. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thanks for solving that mystery. Of uh, course. <laughs> uh, my next big question, my frequently asked question, <laughs> uh, in what ways does this offer more flexibility versus the periodized training approach? You know, what's the benefit here? Mm, yes, that's a good question. So kind of like I said before, this offers, you know, obviously less sharp performance peaks. So more time that you'll be doing like pretty well. Another thing that's cool about this is that because it's not so like, the performance peak is now and you need to be like doing all these sessions. Like there's just generally more time because you're like progressing each individual adaptation, like a little more slowly over the course of your training cycle. So at the end of the day, what this means for you is that if you miss like a session in a week or whatever, like just it's fine. And you just, the next time you are able to train, you just go ahead and do that session. So with it too, you can kind of get away from being totally married to the weekly training cycle. And your goal becomes, you know, your goal is to get these 12 training sessions done, whether you get them done in four weeks or you get them done in six weeks, like matters, but it also kind of doesn't. So if you need to take six weeks to get it done because life is happening or because you want to go outside and climb with your friends because it's fun or you are traveling whatever like it's largely fine provided that you aren't like you know on some tight timeline preparing for a trip or whatever uh but even then if you're like okay this quote 12 week training cycle i might need 14 to 16 weeks to get it done with the way my life works then like great just give yourself that time to get all those sessions in but i think it's a cool way to look at it and especially for like busy people or for just lower stress when things don't go the way you want them to like it's a really nice way to be able to train um yeah (laughs) yeah that's I feel kind of silly because maybe I've been doing this all along but there would be days that I 
would miss a session like early on pre pre my Lauren training blocks. <laughs> I would miss a session and be like, oh, I still have to do that this week. Or if I was feeling particularly unenthused, I would just not do it, but I would expect to have a performance peak still. And I remember mm-hmm. this being a problem in ballet too. Like I would miss a few classes for any number of reasons. And then I would try and show up and do, you know, different movements or I would try and like get back into the swing of things and surprise. It, it was like, yeah, like know, it's okay to just go back. Like, you know, not that you can't go back with a class, but like, you know, maybe it was like, right. Got to go back to like the session I missed and just start there instead of trying to like, right. skip ahead or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah you don't yeah. get that with this approach as much, which is nice. I like that. And then too, I feel like it takes the expectation of having to be at a certain point at a certain time away. Like it's yeah. like you get there when you get there, you do it realistically. Yeah, and like then, you take rest. Yeah. Like if you feel like shit, like just take the rest day instead of being like, no, it has to happen on Tuesday or my whole everything's messed up. Totally. Like, and it's just, yeah, it allows you to be like more intuitive with what your body needs. Um, some other cool benefits. Um, I love nonlinear periodization as well if you are a multi-sport athlete. So what's cool about that too is if you're in a period of life where you're like, I care about climbing, I want to get better at climbing, but also I'm doing this other thing great you have the flexibility to be like okay but like one or two days a week I'm doing this other thing so my like climbing training is gonna fit in you know where that is not happening or I'm able to like just have more flexibility because you're not on this like tight tight ish timeline um, and you can just have more space in your schedule to kind of do those other things and have your progress just be like a little slower in climbing but not in like a disastrous complicated way (laughs) right like not a whole season (laughs) off and I mean you're in my mind you're like the queen of multi-sports because you do it all all the time (laughs) I'm yeah (laughs) Um, yes (laughs) in a lot of ways your life last year was a sport so let's add Uh, that into it (laughs) that it was yes that is accurate um but yeah and it feels like cool to kind of have you know sometimes it blows up in my face of course but it does feel cool to have like a legitimate way to navigate this without it feeling like super totally. stressful or you're like you know and obviously there's trade-offs with having multiple sports going on at once of course but like you know having a legitimate strategy that feels good is a lot nicer than just trying to do another sport laying an incompatible climbing training plan on top of it and be feeling like shit feeling under recovered and just feeling like you're failing at both so i think nonlinear programming offers kind of the ability to balance the two a little bit better um this also reminds me of kind of outdoor climbing as well because i know a lot of us especially if you can climb outside a lot like all the time like if you don't have as you know discreet of seasons for climbing outside as some people do um Nonlinear programming is also great for working in some outdoor climbing sessions along with your training without it being like a total dumpster fire. Because when the weather's good, we want to go climb outside, even if we are in a training cycle. Um, So there's kind of two ways to go about this. Um, So we've got coupled, um, coupled and decoupled. So So if you're approaching your climbing training with the coupled format, this means that your days outside, if they pretty much look like what you would have been doing in your training, you can just count that as a training session. So let's say you're supposed to be doing like a power oriented boulder day, but you just go boulder outside and try some hard boulders with some explosive moves. If you're doing this coupled, you can just call it your training session. Decoupled, on the other hand, is 
your climbing outside does not count as your training session. So with that, you would climb outside and you would still be like, okay, that's great. I climbed outside, but I still have my strength, power, and endurance sessions to get done this week. Caitlin, any questions on that? No, that actually crystal clear. I like that idea because I know with me, you're like, oh yeah, make your outside day this training day. I was like, really? Oh my God. (laughs) So, okay. Who do you think is, as a person that knows how to coach people and knows how humans work, who do you think is a better fit for um, decoupled training? Someone who doesn't have a lot of access to the outdoors Mm -hmm. or prefers to climb more so in a gym setting? Yes, I would agree with that. I will also add that someone who... (laughs) Uh, this is this is how I do it a little bit. So if you're the kind of person that I know you can get your training, done, like I usually start everyone out with like, this is decoupled because I kind of want to see if the athlete like is getting their training done. Because for ah. some people, the temptation of going outside with their friends is very strong and it's very easy to be like, ah, I am not doing my training. I'm going outside. And then all of a sudden <laughs> we've done one training session and climbed outside four days in a week. And that is not what you're doing in a training cycle largely. Right. Um, so for those, and obviously like I want you to go climb outside, but we did pick a training cycle time to be getting shit done in the gym, right? And you have to decide that for yourself. Um, so for those, so I usually start people out with the decoupled plan just to like make sure we're getting your training done. Then I might move over to coupled where your outdoor climbing sessions can kind of count if I can see that like your training is getting done. And also if I know it's kind of hard too, because sometimes like controlling the outdoor environment is harder. So you kind of want to make sure that you can, uh, you know, someone that I know like is very good at controlling the variables and making sure that their outdoor session actually counts and is really what the training is after. So I would say doing the coupled version is like slightly more advanced overall and just like a little bit harder to achieve. So I would say if you're starting out with this kind of programming, I would go with decoupled first um, and then play with the coupled version. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Last, yeah. last thing. This well. is my pet peeve. <laughs> Tell Get ready. Us. <laughs> okay. So one thing I really hate is when people, so obviously hangboard training falls into your strength session, right? And yep. so in all of our training blocks, we're training strength, power, and endurance. Yes. Correct. Correct. And so hangboarding is part of strength, <laughs> strength, <laughs> development, and then sometimes power development, depending on what you're doing, but it's strength and power. So it drives me crazy when people are like, well, I'm in an endurance phase, so I have to be doing endurance hangboarding. (laughs) And I'm like, why? Like, yes, sometimes that's helpful. And yes, there are totally protocols that like look more like endurance training than other things. And yes, those things work. But for me, um, and listen to our hangboarding episode, for me, the point of hangboarding is strength development. And yes, this does sometimes look like doing um, intermittent hangs or repeaters. For the purpose of building strength in your fingers. Um, And go back to that episode and listen if you want to hear more about hangboarding. But like you do not need to be matching what you're doing on the hangboarding on the hangboard with like your training protocol. Like as very generally speaking, like I think a lot of people will miss out on some of just the maximal strength gains that you can get out of a hangboard um, by like just trying to use it as an endurance tool. But my thought is broadly broadly speaking and there's different situations and yada yada but like broadly speaking 
use actual rock climbing to build endurance for rock climbing and use the hangboard to build strength. Like, stop trying to use your hammer as a screwdriver, right? Like, (laughs) in general, actual actual climbing routes and boulders is going to be better for developing the endurance to stay on routes and boulders than a hangboard is. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of different ways to train endurance, yada, yada. But that is one pet peeve of mine that just is usually indicative to me that someone doesn't, like, hasn't thought too hard about how training works. Or it just makes you want to like go into a whole nonlinear periodization tirade on someone at the gym. But I just don't do that. And I do it here <laughs> instead. <laughs> so I think that is that is the last thing I have to say about that. Um, and we, I think we, Caitlin, do you have any, any lasting questions? Or I think we can uh, close it out there. <laughs> no, I think you laid that out perfectly. I feel like that was really informative because when I hear nonlinear programming, I think a lot of my understanding of what that is, what it looks like versus a periodized approach is maybe yeah. a little bit different just because it's hard to translate that from and maybe all these words. Yeah. Yeah. All these are big, stupid these words. words. <laughs> just think nonlinear and replace it with non boring, fun programming that I love. Love it. Because yeah. it means I love you in rock climbing. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, I love that. Well, Before we close out, uh, Lauren, what do you got to tell us about? Okay, so as this episode is being recorded, I am deep into the, I don't want to call it an abyss because that's dark, (laughs) but I'm deep into the- A light abyss. (laughs) Yes, uh, an abyss of excitement and joy and fun, Um, but I am. (laughs) The Good Spray website is getting a full-ass makeover. I'm so excited. And along with that, um, Crush It Sport Climbing and Crush It Bouldering will be coming out as training programs in an app. I am also upgrading them, making them better. Um, I've gotten so many responses to my survey about these programs. So I'm incorporating tons of your feedback into the upgrades to these programs. And I'm so excited. And these will be coming out in June of 2023. Um, So... More more details in the show notes about all of that, but stay tuned. It's some exciting stuff, and I'm very psyched. So, Caitlin, what about you? Mega stoked for that. Well, for me, when this episode is released, I will be launching the... It's not a wait list, but launching, <laughs> I'll be opening the doors to my uh, summer masterclass, which is called the Seasonal Send, because ah! as we've already talked about a bunch, listen to the last couple episodes, mm-hmm. we are, you know, seasons are important. And for yes. climbers who, if you're like me, you have dedicated seasons or you're curious about what this looks like and how your nutrition should match with your seasons, what it could look like, and then how to actually do that. This is a masterclass for you. So this is a 90 minute masterclass. You will learn all that there is to know about planning for your different seasons, whatever that might look like. And then in addition to that, you will get lots of bonus goodies. So make sure you check in on that tomorrow uh, that officially doors open um, for this masterclass, which will happen in june they open tomorrow on may 26th amazing yeah you'll be ready for all the seasons football season allergy (laughs) season christmas season pumpkin spice season (laughs) seasonal planning it's gonna be great i got you you got all the seasons of every treats and stuff 
<laughs> oh my god okay <laughs> cut us off here <laughs> no no I have to tell a dumb story about how I am awkward when I meet new people um yeah so I met new people out bouldering the other day um and obviously it was an endurance boulder and my friend was climbing it and she needed to hold on for the whole thing. So I obviously started singing Keep Holding On by Avril Lavigne in my little like choir boy <laughs> voice like I do. And I was like, choir Keep boy voice. holding on. And then the two <laughs> girls over there were like, that was new. I don't know what that was. Um, and then I was like, why am I like this? I'm so fucking weird. Um, but anyway, uh, they ended up really being in they ended up enjoying me and then we I made friends and then it wasn't awkward anymore um but I'm strange okay well <laughs> to be fair um I feel like I I I found my spirit animal in Lauren because I'm also <laughs> fucking weird so yeah. um when I met you I was like great same everything's level gonna of be weird. fine it's awesome yeah it's <laughs> great Keep holding on is also what I would start singing in that instance. I know because so. it's funny because it's what you have to do on a rock climb. Um, yep. Except if you're if you're doing like a paddle dyno, um, then you got to let go. Then it, hold on again. Yeah, different story. Okay. But Technical I don't have a song things. for that. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> welcome or end of the holy shit. It's the end of the show. <laughs> welcome, goodbye. Welcome to the the goodbye. Um, you've been listening to the Average Climber podcast, and until Sorry. next time, keep it, keep it average. average. <laughs> Pretty good. Caitlin here. We hope you feel a little less dread about nonlinear programming with some ways to spice up your climbing training. Now I'll close us out with some exciting announcements and our production credits. If the idea of nonlinear programming has you excited about some non-monotonous climbing training, then good news. The unveiling of the new Good Spray app plans are just around the corner. Stay tuned for a hell of a sale on these training plans and check the link in our show notes for more information about these training plan offerings. Tomorrow, May 26th, I'm excited to announce that the Seasonal Send Masterclass is open for signups. In this 90-minute masterclass, I'll walk you through nutrition tactics for seasonal planning. Whether you're a climber who also enjoys other sports, likes to switch between sport climbing and bouldering, or you like to have dedicated training and performance modes, this masterclass is for you. I want you to leave feeling like you have an action plan to take you through your seasons with ease. I want you to have more energy, get stronger, and hit your seasonal stride with the Seasonal Send. Head to the link in the show notes to be one of the first to apply on May 26th. The seasonal send will be held live on June 7th and a recording will be sent out after the live event is over. The Average Climber podcast is hosted by me, Caitlin, and my co-host, Lauren. You can find us on Instagram at the Average Climber podcast for antics between episodes and updates on when new episodes are coming out. You can also find me on Instagram at Dirtbag Nutritionist and Lauren on her Instagram over at Good Spray Coaching. Editing for this episode was done by Josh Hapley. The music for this episode was created and produced by Devin Dabney. The Average Climber podcast is a part of the Plugtone Audio Collective. Head on over to PlugtoneAudio.com to learn more about the other shows on the network.